I'm Kevin, and that's Kevin, and welcome to the podcast. Okay, so I want to ask you a question, really good one here. Uh, put yourself in the pitcher, first pitch of the game, Dodgers versus... Dodgers versus Astros, Walker Bueller setting up George Springer at the plate. Yeah. This this thought was in my mind yesterday. Yeah. I have to say, my instinct for like the first 15 seconds every time I thought of this was, I'm going to plunk that guy right in the, <laughs> right in the helmet. <laughs> and then the, eventually, calmer, calmer minds prevail. I go, wait, that's that's incredibly dangerous. Probably shouldn't do this. But I'm surprised that he just pitched it normal. I think it was a ground out first at bat. There wasn't anything... Nothing a little close to the... Yeah. You know, like, I, was, I was surprised by that. What do you think? I, I mean, I feel like uh, you, you want to take less risks right now, especially with all the... everything that's kind of going on. So maybe it was like... Yeah, you know, maybe you, that's the, your reason for it not being. Like, Coach probably said, hey, we can't have you get, you know, out you of the right. for Six, five seconds. <laughs> 60 games, less than 162, you just can't risk it. Yeah. But it is just disappointing. With You don't have the fans booing and banging trash cans, so it's just the Astros feel like they're getting a pass. Yeah, exactly right, you know. Uh, I feel like letting one whiz by would have been a real good... <laughs> Bam! Uh, let's go! <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's too bad. All right, let's start the podcast. Okay, now let's get into yesterday. Uh, Joey Bosa just made a whopping contract: 135 mil, 102. Guaranteed record for a defensive player in the NFL. Did you see this coming? I haven't heard anything. No, I did not see that coming at all. But I mean, I guess they probably wanted to restructure his contract, make sure they have him, uh, and paid for maybe. Well, they have a whole bunch of free cap room. To... Yeah, they're a little lesser team now. They, yeah, seventy-two million. He got that on signing the contract. So not only was there a lot of guaranteed, his bank account's a lot bigger today. Yeah, um, I am literally just in shock and awe, but I mean, if you're going to pay someone on that team, who else? Like, Oh, yeah, he's proven himself 40 sacks, I believe, in 50 games. Yeah, man, he's a, he's a warrior who works hard game in, game out. Uh, you know, fun guy to watch. Probably great with the community. Yeah, can't complain. Perfect emblem of your I mean of your I, community of I, your team I mean it's the same thing I'm gonna say I'm maybe I'll take this a little bit longer is like the same thing as Patrick Mahomes is like like the problem isn't paying players too much money it's paying the wrong players too much money yeah absolutely right nobody like, ever complains when the best player in the league is getting the most money in the league. right it's like my problem is is like when you give Joe Flacco 82 million dollars and you're like oh no we're hit for money and he's not gonna play like he did in that stretch of playoff run yeah yeah, don't pay a player for three games. Play him for three seasons and pay him when he's twenty-four. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like get him early. So yeah, that's a that's a really one. Um, so uh, let's talk about the Olympics. Uh, so well, specifically, we're going to talk about how the tour is adjusting its schedule next year. The Olympics obviously was supposed to be happening as we speak. speak yeah, uh, it got delayed to next year. So the tour announced that they will move their entire. 
entire race back a week, starting June 26th next week, so that it won't interfere with the men's road race in the Olympics. Okay, okay. I mean, um, interesting uh, situation, but hey, like you kind of were prepared for the Olympics to be there, so moving things back, like it was never supposed to be. Yeah, it's something they adjust to. It's just the fact that they had to reschedule everything kind of on the fly because the Olympics changed on the fly. But it's not something uncommon that the tour tweaks its schedule a little bit to deal with the Olympics. I mean, it's it's a lot. I feel like it's a lot easier to just be like an extra week because these athletes are going to be ready to go Yeah. either way. Speaking of cycling, we saw the men's smaller races start. Yeah. Uh, Felix Groschat with the win on the steep incline in the Vuelta a Borgos. I mean, it's it's crazy how much these little races matter just because you haven't been able to see anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're just like, you're like, oh, that's that meaningless race. But you're like, did you see that? There was so much fun because I haven't seen anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The The world tour finally starts this Saturday. But until then, we're just grasping over everything. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, do you, did you kind of get an kind of inkling to see like, what you're kind of expecting moving forward with that? A lot of it, we've talked about this already, that yeah. this was a kind of race that Groshotna is good at. Yeah. And he rates her he won by a lot. He won by eight <laughs> seconds in what was a very short, although steep incline. Yeah. Ahead of, I believe, with Giacomo and Nixolo. Kind of surprising that the old man still got it. <laughs> I feel like that's a, that, once again, that's a conversation of guys who would be ready right now. Like the older dude... No, he's ready. No, he did everything proper for his body to be there and ready to go in that race. And that's why you see it. All the younger guys may be like, well, I can, you know, start at this date. Okay, you know what? Maybe I'll start at this date. Uh, am I ready? Like, do I need to do more of this or that? They don't know. Yeah. Like, old man's going to be ready to go. Yeah, you're right. All right, let's return in a second, talking all about COVID, Marlins, and the mess in the sports world right Yikes. now. Okay, so I want to get to COVID. I feel like this is a real conversation we have to have in regards to, uh, like, the Marlins, uh, the way the NHL's handling it, the way and the NBA's handling COVID. All these things coming together, you have to kind of wonder who's doing it best. Obviously not baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, and then like what that means. I mean, obviously baseball is a tough situation because they're doing 60 games. It's, you can't keep people in bubble for several, several, several months. Right. Yeah. Let's really, you mentioned right off the start, the Marlins, let's really focus on that. Yeah. I think they're up to 15 players have tested positive already. 14 or 15. Yeah. Postponed all their games until at least Sunday. Yeah. Uh, they postponed the Phillies, the Yankees game because the Phillies were in the visiting dressing room. Yeah. Or and uh, so the Yankees are going to play the Orioles. That's kind of the fix. They're trying to get as many games in as they can. Do you think they'll finish the seat? That's the big question. Do you think they'll finish the season? I don't know exactly what their plan was in the first place for what happens when a team is, and especially Florida, like. The, the risk for these players in Florida is exponentially more. Like, I don't know why they never thought to maybe cut out places that were a little more at risk than other places. 
like uh, just to be like, hey, why don't we have our games all be in this area until it calms down in these areas? Because it's, I mean, it's such a risk going to the grocery store with the amount of people who are sick in in Florida. What I have to imagine is they they envision fans in the stadium sooner rather than later, even if it's not full capacity. That's the only thing I can think of. Otherwise, why not go to a neutral site? I mean, even even if it wasn't a neutral site, they, I just you have to have some sort of game plan for the amount of people in an area that are ill because no matter what, unless you're bubbling these players, they're going to have to interact with the surrounding area. And if it is like Florida, which is crazy, you know, suffering from this uh, illness, your players are only going to get it even if they follow every single guideline yeah so what are you suggesting not necessarily a neutral site but a temporary site for kind of the hardest hit areas yeah exactly like while they play their games now every single one of their games is at you know name a place where it's less hit toronto they play all their games at toronto until it calms down an area obviously it's not going to calm down overnight but i think there just needs to be something in place because if you if you're gonna get 15 players sick in a hardest one of the hardest hit places in America, what's the plan? Yeah, that is especially since they they are the Florida Marlins, but they were playing in Philadelphia this week. Yeah, they traveled everything that comes along with it. So what are the chances? Like I don't believe at this point we have any news of any Phillies that have tested positive. Well, of course, right? Because they never got to touch the... They never interacted with each other, right? Because, by the way, they did the test. All of a sudden, all these players pop and they go, okay, don't go near each other. Never interacted until you get on the field. It's right. not like once you're on the field, you're... Exactly. But the test... I think they test in the locker room before the game. Yes. Although right? there is... They have a quicker test response for, like, when you get a positive test. But I believe one of the problems with baseball is that there's a 24-hour to 36-hour lag between just like, your daily test to when you actually get the results. Okay, so you so can test positive, be asymptomatic, and nobody knows for quite a while. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I mean, well, they're testing before they... My guess is that they test the day before, right? That must be the... The case. So it must have been before they hopped on the Yeah, plane. I believe they're testing, like, they're testing all the time. Yeah. It's not necessarily testing for this game. Yeah, but I mean, also, that's another question, because now I feel like you should test before you get on a plane, because how many people got sick because they were all on the plane together? That's a good point. Yeah, there's travel. I'm I'm sure there's, at least, that's very least supposed to be wearing masks everywhere. Yeah, go. but I mean, like, you're recy- no matter what, on a plane, you're recycling air. It's not getting fresh air from outside, but all the... Air gets pushed out the back, and even then, why would you want to be at the back of the plane then, <laughs> right? That would be the argument for the neutral site, yeah, yeah. not <laughs> having needing people in the planes, or maybe three neutral sites the way the MLB got it set up. They got yeah. those three segments. I mean, you're getting paid millions of dollars, like if you're going to have to kind of like move to these three areas or something like that for a period of time. They can definitely handle the blow, so. What I think we're kind of circling around here is it almost feels impossible without a bubble. Right? So I want to talk about that for a second. Bubble sports, NHL, NBA kind of being the two big ones versus yeah. the non-bubble sports, which are about to come up. NFL, 
Is there any chance the NCAA plays? No, the, I, I feel like the NCAA, I feel like we're just waiting for um, when they say it's not going to happen. Uh, I don't think you can, unless you're going to have a conversation about paying these players thousands of dollars on top of their school being paid for when it seems like even a bunch of their schools might not open. Like... What do you do? Yeah, I was slow to the train. You were like April. You were saying NCAA is not paying. You can't have like fifteen kids get sick and be like. Also, you're not getting paid anything. It does seem impossible for the NCAA to actually get off the ground. Maybe a spring league, but people have made the pretty powerful argument that we don't know, especially in the United States, if this is going to be any better come February. Right. And uh, so, I mean, mean, towards the bubble or non-bubble, I say bubble's the way to go. But the thing is, you have to be in the NHL and you have to be in the NBA's version of this. It has to be, you know, a short burst. All your games happen in this period of time. You're in the bubble. We know, you know how long you're going to be there and that's it. And then what I would argue is that you should have like three micro seasons or something like that. That's an intro. I don't think anybody's floated that idea. So let's go. Let's go to the NFL, which I think is the biggest, obvious, most non-bubble sport we've got. Yeah. So you'd suggest say like three six-game, yeah, mini like, bubbles. Yeah, like have so many. Like have each division play their game, so no one's bored of not having sport for a minute. So like they all play. The guys know when their next bubble is. The guys know when their bubble comes up. They all get their games in. They play. Yeah, you know, in their division, they play a little bit outside their division or something like that. And then all of a sudden it moves up to the next. So whoever one gets put into another bubble and then they all play and then it moves to another smaller bubble or something like that. This is fat. I hadn't, I'll be honest, I thought about this at all. I love the idea. I think we need to like. I kind of thought about it last night. Just like, what do you do to make sure that these players aren't interacting in situations where, like, let's say Florida, like, you have to have, like, sport constantly, otherwise people aren't going to care. Also, you have to make sure that these athletes can be physically prepared because you don't want to have the uh, situation where you have arm soreness. That is a huge part of it, which I think is harder for MLB than anybody else because just the nature of pitching and how hard it is on your arm, you need to warm up. The NFL, it's a little easier. I think NFL players would almost welcome a four-week break. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if you could physically, like, the injuries would be way more dealt with and stuff like, like that. Like, play for five weeks. Then you're training with your family. At a time, you know what I mean? However quarantine you and yeah. you're back in. Yeah. And then but you're back to your next set of games. That's, uh, that's an interesting idea. I do think sports... All sports, including the bubble sports, really need to consider the possibility of this isn't going to be a straight line. There might be some pauses. There might be some cancellations. The schedule yeah. might not be exactly what you want to do. So, so I mean, so if you have a bubble of, let's say, uh, six teams, if you lose one of the teams in that bubble, you can push them to a different bubble or something like that. Like have a way for in case something were to happen, you're able to compensate their games. or something. Yeah, you're yeah. fully prepared for your schedule today. It's not necessarily your schedule sure. next week. Exactly, right. And there's a period of time, like, if someone is, like, if they have an outbreak or whatever, like, in four weeks, you should be clear from that, right? Like, they're not all together. They're not, you know what I mean? Like, you, you they're going to come together in, in extra two. So, like, maybe you lose a player for that 
one week of practice or whatever, but they still get another full week and then they start their games again. What are your thoughts on the possibility of, I mean, it's one thing if second string guard goes down or starting average middling linebacker goes down. Yeah. What happens if Lamar Jackson tests positive? I mean, I feel like the, I feel like you have to have a conversation of like, do you now have to go and find another quarterback that is of quality, like real quality. You saying RG3 isn't quality. <laughs> I mean, RG3, I feel like he's probably way more mature of a player than he was before. But, like, yeah, I think you have to have a conversation of, like, is is that enough? Because if you do lose a margin, you have to win. Yeah, I right? did get a sidetrack with that. But it is, I mean... It's an understandable point, but you can't just... There aren't that many Lamar Jacksons on the planet. There's basically true. two players at that level. I mean, you have, I mean, it's the ultimate team sport. You have to be able to adjust with it. I feel like you're going to figure out who the real coaches are, who the Bill Belichicks are, to who the, you know, I don't know, whoever the Browns have. <laughs> <laughs> coaches, right? Like, that's... Like, you're going to figure out who can deal with blows and changes and everything like that. Like, know for a fact right now, Bill Belichick isn't sweating about losing five players that are opting out because of COVID. That's a good point. We've seen, I think it's up to six Patriots now, including Donta Hightower, Patrick Chung. Bolden, the running back. Yeah, Brandon Bolden. I mean, realistically, my guess is he's sitting back with all this money. He's like, you know what? Let's get Jadavian Clowney. Like, I don't know how he gets this the, all this luck together. That's When you brought this to my attention yesterday, that was in the... The initial sentence was you already had Clowney on. I mean, like, I just feel like this man has the... Like, the Patriots are always just have, like, it in their corner. They're like, okay, yes, we're losing all this talent, and they really are solid players and whatnot. But it's... You get cap room back, so you get Jadavian Clowney for a period of time. Right, like, and th- that fits way more than Conley to their rushing type. You yeah, know what I mean. So, so it's about good coaches, good GMs, as well as just trying to build a team for this very, very strange season. Exactly right. Like you, it, I think you just can't have the very linear type team that's just going to play and blah 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 blah. You have to know that you have dudes who can go in the fair. What teams are deeper, really, as well. More or less. That's always important in an NFL season. I mean, realistically, we might figure out that these second string players are way more than capable of playing, and we just, you're just not getting paid enough. Yeah, so I'd like to switch it just a little bit here. Like, we know what the COVID situation is in America. What do you yeah. think about the European seasons? For example, the cycling season, the mini races have started already. And the World Tour season starts this Saturday. I feel like the the thing about cycling is that it's an outdoor sport. You're dealing with way less, like, you're also dealing with a way smaller team. Like, you're, you're able to kind of, like, kind of, like, self-isolate, kind of, in a better way. And then also, you're outdoors breathing, you know, fresh air. If you're not breathing that, in the... The scientists do appear to say that makes a huge difference. Right? You know what I mean? Like, the the, the risk is exponentially less when you're outdoors. And I they're outdoors exclusively for their sport. I feel like there's exponential amounts of, of risks that come along with all, all these athletes gathering. But I feel like with the smaller teams, with the ability to uh, practice outdoors and be outdoors, you're going to probably see way less the cases. 
I agree with you that as long as everything goes smoothly, cycling yeah. is probably in a better position. Yeah. But what you have with cycling, like say the Tour de France, you need to race those 21 straight days. There's no such thing as taking a day off or quarantine because you might be at risk because yeah. suddenly you're out of the race. Yeah. So because of that and because of the inevitable pressures that that will put on, yeah. cycling seems like it might be the kind of sport where there could be a huge... Peloton-wide outbreak yeah, that very, would just very true. shut down the entire season. But, I mean, I feel like like as long as they're testing the same way, like if you're going to be like, okay, you know, the day before, the day before, making sure that these things are in line, like you're going to see that these, these uh, players are going out, getting ready to cycle. Not, not, they may not be sick, but, oh, you, you're, you're hot. Like you're all of a sudden you can pull away that one athlete. Like you can't have all your athletes together all the time. And I think that's got to be the way you handle it so that you're only losing one. Yeah. Dude. And that is a much easier thing to pull off in say NHL where you can say you're not practicing with the team today, or even you're not playing this game today. Whereas exactly. in cycling, it's every single day. Yeah. And you can't take a day off because I the sports like, mechanics don't allow you exactly, to take a day off. Exactly, right? What I would say is that you just have to make sure that your training and everything is separate so that you only lose a athlete instead of yeah, seven Yeah, distancing is going to be so important. Exactly. And then once you get to the race, you do your race. I mean, if the race is where a bunch of people get sick, then you know what I mean? Maybe this isn't the way to go. But it seems like with the way doctors are talking – you should be, if you deal with it properly, you should only deal with minor, minor outbreaks. All right. When we come back, we'll be talking some NHL restart. We saw the first games yesterday. Okay. So let's get into the NHL. Um, I missed a little, I missed this one, sadly. So I'm going to ask you a whole bunch here. So what did you think of the visuals? Because... Well, it's impossible to avoid the comparison of the NHL versus NBA. Yeah. And to me, it's not as good as the NBA. Of course. But they were at a significant disadvantage in the fact that they chose to play in these 19,000-person arenas. Exactly. The NBA, I think, because they're in Disney World, they got this little thing. It's pretty cool looking. You don't see any empty seats. And stuff like that. You don't realize what you're missing. It's just like, like we said, it's NBA 2K. You're just... Playing on the streets. Yeah, exactly. Happens to be the best players in the world. <laughs> right? And it, I mean, I feel like you can watch a bunch of also, like, internet vids of, like, you know, random NHL, uh, NBA players playing against people in, like, a small gym. And it's super exciting. It's super thrilling. Like, so, like, seeing it in a bigger stadium with better cameras, it's, like, the same thing. Yeah. You know? So, but, like, NHL, it's, like, a giant, empty stadium with big panning shots of nothing. Yeah, like. they've just fabriced over all the s- seats. They've got the video screens kind of in the back either end. Yeah. One of the things that really stood out to me was when you compare it to the NBA where they've got their seats like six feet apart, everybody's got their own water bottles yeah. in every section. The NHL, because they're playing in the standard arenas, they're all jammed into the that, one spot. that little bench. I mean, I think that just speaks to like... Definitely making sure that bubble stays intact. It has to because yeah. it's not. There's gonna fight, rip through like wildfire if it gets <laughs> right? into a team. I mean, I, I mean, it, it's it's a weird decision for them also not to disclose people who are sick. But I mean, the NHL's always been weird with 
injuries period. Yeah, this is bugged me. The, they're just calling, no matter if it's injury or COVID or anything, unfit to play. I mean, I mean, they've always been kind of to the point of like not disclosing injuries because the NHL is a type of sport where dude's going to bring come skate by and bump your leg if your legs hurt. Yeah, if you it's know? In playoffs, it's lower body injury, upper body injury. Right. This is just the next level of that. But yeah. it still bugs me. It, it, it's a weird thing, especially like why do you why do you need to not say that people are are ill? Like they're going to get sick. Apparently this was a... a- Elliot Friedman on his podcast was saying this was a players union. Like they're the ones that push for this. Donald Fear really wanted the players to be able to hide their medical issues. I mean, I, I get that, but I don't I don't get it at the same time. Like, I mean, if you're going to be like, cool, hiding your issues makes sense because of small seasons, these guys are probably going to really, really be like, you know, the Marshans are really going to take advantage of <laughs> those banged up players. So, like, I guess hiding those injuries even more so makes sense. But it but just, it comes I, across I, as Bush League. It kind of was weird. It's just weird. Not to mention it increases speculation. Like Sidney Crosby, for it's example. It's like Orwellian, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah, like Sidney Crosby was considered unfit to play. Yeah. So immediately everybody starts thinking, is he COVID? Like, I think... The insider guess is like calf strain or something like yeah. that, some minor injury. But when you don't know, you start guessing, is this COVID, is the Penguins going to get taken yeah, over? I mean, it just, it leads to weird sports stories. Like, what do we have, like, what do we have a conversation about when it comes to Sidney Crosby? Like, does, does Sidney Crosby injury mean that he's going to be unfit to play and now the whole team's going to be unfit to play? Like, it's just a weird thing. Yeah, like, I understand your argument that the players, there's a reason for the players to want this. Yeah, but to me, it's stuff like this why the NHL is the fourth league. <laughs> That's fair. That's because fair. this is just Bush League stuff that you should be saying, I'm going to sacrifice because there's so much money, there's so much prestige involved that we're going to say we we have to show off as a professional league. Not to mention like gambling. There's a lot of money around gambling. You and know. if you have no idea what's going on, you're much less likely to gamble on these games. You know, I... I, I don't I don't understand, but I mean that's their decision to do that. It's kind of a weird thing. I guess also my next question is is what do you think team wise, who's the most prepared to play this season? The well this shortened season. It's not playoffs. great to say, but but the true answer is I don't know. Really? Like it, just focus on one se- uh, one series for a second. The Toronto Maple Leafs, Columbus Blue Jacket. Yeah. You've got the Maple Leafs. they got all that talent, all that offensive superstars. And you got the Columbus Blue Jackets who are just like, let's button up and yeah. shut down and we're all system. Even with that two great contrasts, I don't know which one I'd bet on in the <laughs> yeah, I got you right. Like, I mean, it's it's a weird thing because it's like on all those teams that are really, really coached well. Like, usually it takes some games in games to get into that point where they're hitting on all cylinders. Everyone's moving well. Everyone's in the right place. Like, all of a sudden, like, how do you get back to that form in a period of time that's like, hey, now, <laughs> yeah, you could be out in three games, right? So, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see the teams that are. I feel like whatever team is is led by an older player slash one of those guys like Sidney Crosby, I feel like that team's going to be ready to go. Like, I don't – I yeah. feel like he's going to be send and film their way. I mean, you can only do so much. They're still pro players, but you have to know that 
guys like Sid and uh, you name it. I feel like even um, Joe Thornton, like well, the sharks are sharks. out. Are out <laughs> they yeah. had, but I mean, like I mean, like the, the Bruce type. I think would be a good example. You got Bergeron. Yeah, got exactly. Chari, that would be a great one. Yeah, but like I feel like the teams that have like that type of a- athlete slash dude who knows everything and does everything, that team's going to be ready because number one, like. Sidney Crosby's going to be ready, no doubt, and he'll carry along people who aren't as as they slowly but surely do get ready as well. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Bet on the veterans if you're crazy enough to bet. Yeah, exactly. If you're a wild man, COVID sports area. I feel like find the line that makes the most sense to you, but know that probably the vets are going to be ready to go. Yeah. All right, I think that will do us for today. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for joining. This is number two, which is crazy to me. I'm glad to be back.